Hello, and welcome to Making Sense of Tech Law. This week with another speaker, IBK Jayan Kafeji. This week, we will be discussing the most discussed topic of the last month, NFTs. Now, NFTs have become a very popular term this past month, mainly due to the sale of Beeple's digital art at a record-breaking price of almost $70 million. Let's first break the NFTs down. NFT, or non-fungible tokens, are signs of digital ownership, where an individual buys a digital piece of work and their ownership is made known to everyone on the distributed ledger that they are stored on. They serve as somewhat a digital ownership certificate, one might say. The NF part, meaning the non-fungible part, implies that there are only a limited amount of ownership certificates available for a piece of digital work, making it scarce and hence valuable. But how did the Beeple sale come about? In short, the digital artist known as Beeple started making a piece of art every day as part of his project, of which there are 5,000 at this point. But what made Beeple's artwork so special that it sold for a whopping $70 million? It wasn't so much that Beeple has created an artwork worth $70 million that attracted the buyer, but rather the purpose that the NFT served. Developed only five years ago, this technology that is at the very early stages of its progress has made way for a new kind of cryptomania as we have seen in the news, tempting people to approach the technology for the ownership asset that it provides rather than the product that is at the other end of the transaction. Imagine that you pay in order to own a certain product, artwork, or whatever can be put on an NFT, and the whole world can see that you own it. That's the most attractive part of the NFT, says LSE Professor Edmund Schuster, as he argues that what we need to understand is that what is being traded is not the artwork, it's the participation. This participation can entail many things. NFTs may be deemed attractive due to the community it provides to an individual, as we share the rare privilege of owning an NFT due to its scarcity with those others. It could also be attractive for those who are into collecting collectible items and enjoy being capable of saying that they own something that is available in limited numbers. We can compare this to the hypes around Supreme products or the widely practiced obsession over limited edition sneakers. We are all familiar with the queues that span kilometers around the block, filled with people waiting to purchase something that is preciously limited edition. NFTs are no different than that. The National Basketball Association, or more widely known as the NBA, has also entered into the NFT market, as the association has unveiled its top shot NFTs recently. These NFTs are made up of short clips of famous basketball players doing basketball player stuff. The clips, or moments, are available for all to see, but you can still choose to own them at very high prices too. Schuster has made another point, however, which I believe is of concern. He asks, why want to own something that others can see as well? What makes it so special that you own it? Some argue that it is a novel way of enjoying the artwork or the top shot moments as the NFT you buy is saved on the online system forever and securely up there for you to view whenever you want. Some also argue that it is a certain kind of bond that the ownership establishes between you and the creator of the NFT, whether it be an artist, an ordinary citizen, or again, the MBA. What clouds and blurs the perception we have of the NFTs at the moment is the mania that has been built around it. This isn't something new. The crypto world and anything that has to do anything with blockchain lately has been a victim of abundant hype, which has created this mania. We live in an era where Bitcoin isn't used for its main purpose of providing safe transactions, but rather for its capability of making the owner a lot of money once resold due to the unstable prices on it. We see today that many people are purchasing NFTs, depending on the mania that it will drive prices up and then reselling the pieces to make more money than what they have spent. Andrew Steinwald, the managing partner of an NFT fund named Spermion, says that we are not able to truly experience the impact and purpose of the NFTs yet due to the current mania it has around it. 
We do not know when this hype will die down or if it will ever die down, but one question will remain. Are NFTs really necessary? Do we really need, as a society, a digital ownership certificate that gives us access to something that is already made public? These questions will have a variety of answers depending on the person answering them. What we can say so far is that as of right now, NFTs are used more for personal enjoyment and it has a long way until it becomes a staple part of how you conduct transactions on digital art and how we claim ownership. For further information on NFTs, we turn to Junaid Etze, the co-founder of Capex Move, based in London. Mr. Junaid, hello and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for taking your time to speak to us on this matter, which has been highly talked about lately. To start off, I want to ask you a question on where we left off. Basically, considering the comments that have been made suggesting that this is just another bubble, like the initial coin offerings bubble, do you believe that the NFTs have created a bubble, a mania of some sorts? And if so, do you think it will burst soon? So first of all, thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity to talk about this hot topic. And referring to your question, we can take one step back and explain what is an economic bubble. From that sense, uh, their uh, asset prices are not moving in line with the instincting value or underlying value of the asset in consistent views of the investors. So when you look at the financial world, people buy assets because of either the underlying value of the assets or the deposit value of the asset they are investing. However, uh, in some cases, especially in the case of bubbles, the people trade assets mostly because of the speculative reasons. And uh, talking about that, we can also touch to uh, what is called the greater fool theory. So the, the greater fool theory basically states that you can make money from buying overwhelmed securities. When you buy something, you also expect that someone else is going to pay a high price to the already overwhelmed security. So this is called the greater fool theory. So from that perspective, if we talk about your question, we should look at the trading space. Or when we look at the non-fungible tokens and the exchanges that enables them to be sold on, are people making rational decisions when they're buying or are they just buying because, okay, I'm going to invest today 1,000 pounds and next week I'll be able to make 5K out of it? Uh, that's the main question. So obviously, when you look at the economic spectrum, almost always you can find certain assets which are overpriced and underpriced. That's how people make money. And I think we can apply the same perspective to the non-fungible tokens. In the markets, there are some tokens which is being traded much greater than their underlying value. So in that case, we can say that there might be a partial bubble, but it doesn't mean that the price of all NFTs will burst at some point. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, moving on to the next question. We wanted to ask, when compared to Bitcoin, we can see that the value of NFTs lie in its quality as a digital certificate of ownership. This mainly rests on the desire to have a specific social position through the ownership of these NFTs. As we discussed before, Edmund Schuster of LSE said that what we need to understand is that what is being traded is not the artwork, it's the participation. Based on this, what would you say will be the driving force behind buying NFTs in the further stages of this craze? So first of all, you already explained what is NFT, but NFTs are also uh, could be classified into two. Uh, some of the NFTs are divisible and some of them are not. And 
In the case, Edmund was referring to uh, divisible NFTs, where you can purchase a portion of the token. But there are uh, many cases where the NFTs are non-divisible. So for example, uh, I think the most famous and one of the first examples, if not the first of the NFT is CryptoKitties. So CryptoKitties are non-divisible. It means that there can be only one owner of a specific CryptoKitty. And also there are certain cases where uh, you can assign the digital rights of something or you may purchase a, a non-fungible token that represents a real-life asset such as property. So in that case, non-fungible token is representing a property. You can, as he said, participate and get a part of it, but it doesn't mean that there is no underlying value. So I think we should be careful when we are uh, talking about a certain subject because it can confuse the people. I think uh, what Edmund was referring was uh, there are certain NFTs where there is no connection between the token and the underlying asset. So yes, in that case, you, what you are purchasing is just uh, a digital token, maybe. Uh, but there are also many real-life cases where the NFT you're purchasing represents a real-life asset or a monetary value. And on to our last question, what exactly does the emergence of NFT say about the future of the cryptosphere in terms of applicability and popularity, would you say? Yeah, I think like similar to uh, the blockchain technology and smart contracts, non-fungible tokens are here to stay. Obviously, you know, some of them will last longer than others. But from a wider economic perspective, I should say that NFTs have a very wide range of applications that could benefit us. So again, when we are talking about NFTs, we shouldn't only think about CryptoKitties or digital prints, which is being sold for millions of dollars. We can also think about NFTs representing financial documents, digital ID, ticketing, and supply chain. I believe that in a world that is becoming more digital every day, and non-fungible tokens will be an important part of online activity because they prevent duplicate of a sale of the same digital item by their definition. That concludes our episode for today. So thank you for listening and do not forget to subscribe.